0: Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the after party, uh, where the the vibe <laughs> the vibe is tough. <laughs> um the vibe's a tough one today, gang. It's a tough one. It's like um a big news story broke kind of just as everybody was arriving to the party and now we're all <laughs> here and we're like, hey, it's um it's pretty sad celebrity we liked all died huh <laughs> we're gonna have to talk about this huh yeah and here here we are um but there is so much to cover from these three episodes i feel like i say this every time now and there is uh there are so many great questions from the discord from instagram um, from our website so uh players how are we how are we feeling generally and um eric what what was it like to watch us all do a big fail oh i think
1: that's mm-hmm. the question i want to start it with. was
2: awesome <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Fuck> you! <laughs> it was awesome and good i enjoyed it
2: yeah i can imagine it was fun for you
1: yeah it's because i hate all of you which
2: is why i spend No, i so mean no. i've never actually you. we've never actually failed a thing like that before i imagine it was fun so,
1: okay so i've i thought about this right i thought about this in regards to everything that's happened joined the party before things have gone badly it yeah, but not not has not this bad. It has just has not been expli- because we were doing a skill challenge, it has explicitly not gone the way that it It has been diagnosed as failure. So obviously the word failure or wasted came up on screen, (laughs) right? But Mm -hmm. like things have gone so badly before in smaller ways. For example, in campaign two, when Julia had to deal with the trolley problem.
0: Oh, yeah, that was terrible.
3: That
1: literal, that was an explicit failure. Yeah,
0: but there weren't like hundreds of civilian casualties.
1: (laughs) I would say also the bachelorette party arc all the way back from campaign one went very bad.
0: Yeah, that's on you guys. So I wasn't
3: that's there. True, <laughs> you
1: know, to that about That's true. A lot of the stuff in Monster of the Week was middling at best and saved from the brink of destruction at worst in some in certainly in some cases.
3: Yeah, but that's the vibe of Monster of the Week.
1: Yeah, but like you just don't know you don't know that you failed, I think is what is what I'm trying to get across. This just happened to be the word failure came up on screen. We failed an actual, like,
2: explicit game within the game. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So guys, let's let's freeze frame with um, the stadium crumbling around us, uh, civilians drowning question mark in in the sea, and back up to episode nineteen where we pick up in the upside down wizard tower, uh, where Cami is watching the body of the first person to ever choose her uh, lay on the ground, talking to Laurelus. That's also where Troy has to shoot his best friend three lips, and Umby gets held up at gut point by the end of the episode. So uh, it's really just a just a full throttle, you know, jumping in with both feet to, to this this last string of three episodes.
3: Stakes felt real
0: high, that episode. Stakes felt real high the past three episodes, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. it did. And uh, Juliet, we're going to open with a question from Saved Man. Um, hey, you okay? <laughs> I'm
3: fine now.
0: <laughs> in the moment, I certainly wasn't.
1: <laughs> I, this is so fun. I love this. This is great.
3: Yeah, I'm fine now, because, like, for us, six weeks has passed, so, like, It's fine. Like I'm I'm good now. I've forgiven Brandon. Um, we've we've all I've forgiven Eric for killing that person in front of me. I didn't ask for for, I
1: didn't ask forgiveness.
3: Okay. I forgave you in my heart though. (laughs) I didn't explicitly forgive you to your face, but I forgave you in my heart. Oh, that's
1: good. That's good. Yeah. Nothing is funnier to me than like the first person who picked you for who you were post curse died in front of you. And then you had to talk to a gym teacher for like 30 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I mean, the best part for me was like this character who like means a lot to Cammy and their whole backstory and everything like that, who I had met and spent maybe a total of five minutes of airtime with, yeah. almost immediately died. And then I had to role play like it was the most devastating thing ever, even though I had
0: met her Total five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> I made her up the previous episode. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go through the stages of grief
1: <laughs> while putting while putting sizes of balls in order.
2: <laughs> I think the funny the the thing that makes it just ironically hilarious as well is that she died from falling down a vertical ball pit like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She did. <laughs> like it's did gonna happen. be funny. Just it's gonna be funny.
3: It was a very silly death, and then I had to mourn
0: horribly.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like uh, one of those sad clowns, professionally sad clowns. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: yeah. It's just funny. We do have a um a piping hot question broth from malignant uh here. Slurp slurp. <laughs> Eric, did Lazarus? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's good. It's good, Julian. Brandon, can you isolate that and put it on the soundboard? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Did Laurelus pop up as a result of the game's happening? Or was he more of a deity that already existed and clung to the games as his largest possible source of power? Ooh. Did he start the games? I'm so curious about spirits and magic users in Vertistello. How did he know Baba Rutabaga? World building question. question. World building
3: question.
2: That broth is full of delicious... Uh, nutrients. There's carrots in in
3: here. (laughs) Wow. Slurp slurp.
2: Uh, Slurp slurp. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: Laurelis was really interesting for me, which is so funny that Cammy was put into a dire situation immediately because like Laurelis has such low level amounts of power because of what you said, Malignant Sloth, clinging to the games and their existence. If you remember all the way back in the first episode, it's like the games were part of a quasi-religious spiritual ceremony that got separated from that stuff as the modernization of religion and Verticello and et cetera, et cetera, especially of, like, you know, as it fit with pirates and everything. So, yeah, that's why he could only do so much and why he wasn't that helpful. You know, it's like you couldn't clap your hands and say everyone believe in the spirit of the games because we're so far past that like if we're Brandon. playing if we're, I, that didn't have that didn't happen it explicit <laughs> e, e, i was playing on um, neil gaiman american god rules right mm-hmm. it's like you have to the number of people who care about this thing exist uh and has power which is why he's just kind of he's not even there he's not even at the games he has he's hiding out and can only subsist upon this like feast or famine happens especially because the games aren't even regular they happen every four four years question mark so it's like it's it's not even like he has ritualization in his back pocket at the moment so that's why he felt like such a lame duck even when cammy needed him at, at, in a in a tough situation
0: yes Malignant also wanted to know, um, they say, I know Cammie probably felt like her only choice was to revive Smelly, but does Julia wish she could have used the boon on something else?
3: I mean, I wish I could have used the boon on the thing that I was really trying to push Laurelis to do, which was repair the barrier, but that yeah. didn't end up working. And he so. might,
1: and he, if he had power to do both, maybe he would have, but he also didn't want to tell you that.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. fine. I, You know what the thing is? It's like... I didn't see another option, and I also particularly, from a role-playing perspective, did not see another option. So Cammie was not going to let Alicia Smelly Hayes uh, die (laughs) when she couldn't get the thing that she really wanted that would have trolley problem saved all those other people. So
2: When a Bradford pear dies, does it smell better than it did when it was alive? Well, it no
3: longer has those smelly flowers so yes so really you were doing the
2: world a favor by letting her die no no
3: i wasn't smelly things are not doing the world worse julia
0: eric (laughs) did you a favor though because you did receive the corsair Jorbins, which uh number one eric here is a joking that's an excellent pun thank you thank you thank you so much um and two uh is this the thematic through line of the eric silver cinematic universe that there are (laughs) Uh, Air jorbins of some kind in every Eric Silver property.
1: Yes, I see my time. <laughs>
0: okay, good. Great. Just checking.
1: I haven't figured out a way to put average bear into this campaign yet, so yeah. this is the best I have at the moment. Yeah,
0: we'll get there. We'll get there. There is, of course, so much more to go into that happened in this episode. Um, Brandon, I feel so responsible for your fate in this arc. Um, I also feel responsible for it, too, but that's besides the point. Oh,
2: really?
3: Yeah,
0: I was so convinced that sending Arello to Radbert's ship would only result in Arello coming back with the the full rhyme that <laughs> guys, unlocks the camera.
3: I fucking knew it. And I told you guys in the moment, I'm like, I don't think this is a good Joy idea. Did. Maybe I she should did. follow him. And then Eric specifically was like, well, his whole thing is like getting secrets. So you really shouldn't have to worry about him. And I was like. No, but I fucking know. I knew at that (laughs) point that something was up with Radbert and it drives me crazy that I didn't follow through with that. I had this inkling the entire arc from the minute he showed up. And I remember messaging you and being like, Radbert's armor, is that magical or not magical? Because I knew (laughs) I knew what I wanted to do at some point and the dramatic moment, the moment never came. And so I didn't get to follow through with it. And it resulted in um, Umby getting shot in the head.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I mean, like I, I'm with you, Amanda. Like I don't think I don't think I would have changed anything. Like I think that was the best course of action. Oh, I would have. I don't know why we wouldn't trust. I mean, like I know why why we wouldn't trust Rello, but like we had better things to do at the time than like go to a mission that possibly could be fruitless. Nice. Um, nice, 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 nice. So I don't know. Yeah. This
0: is also a good question from Um, What did what did you and I think about Robert at first? We all know Julia suspected, and uh, Julia fucking knew it. And I was like, "Oh, this is so surprising! His heel turn." Uh, <laughs> I I honestly knew that he had his own you know business going on. I think the moment where he uh, did the tea leaf drawing with uh, with Cami. In retrospect, incredibly good foreshadowing, Eric. In retrospect, incredibly sinister. But at the time, I was like, oh, he must have his own character journey. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I have to say,
1: multiple times, all three of you said how much you liked (laughs) Radburn. Oh, yeah.
3: I I like him as a character. I was suspicious of him the whole time. I
2: like him. I still like him. I think he's great. (laughs) (laughs) I like him too. I like Radbird a lot. He has a funny voice.
1: Turns out he's very powerful and he's really good at stuff. And it's funny. His whole character vibe is funny. So I, Mm -hmm. I still like him too.
0: Treby, a new patron who asked some excellent questions this time around. So thank you, Traby, said, uh, Bravo, Eric, on the heavy but subtle foreshadowing throughout this entire arc. There was the peculiar behavior of Radbert, three lips shipwreck having rock grubs on it, the shortage of rock grubs from the vendors, so many brain blast moments in retrospect in these past few
2: episodes. And I wonder if I missed other small details in the arcs like these. I still can't get over the fact that you had us, or you had Amanda create the snack, even though, yeah. regardless yeah. of what the snack was going to be, that was going to be the thing. And like- yeah. You th- that threw us off the scent so precisely. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, it really did. Let
2: me see. I'm looking at my
1: notes here from the first episode. Oh my god! Yes, P- peel back the curtain. Oh, here's yeah. So, uh, this is my note. Audrey, Queen of the Damned, is nearby. Stealing Craggish fermented blank and laying it as a trap for a massive sea monster will destroy the entire island. Maybe the anglerfish is the thing that knocked him over. Maybe if Three Lifts was paying attention, et cetera. And that was all from the shipwreck episode. Three Lifts yeah. was not paying uh. attention, did not see it. I was thinking about the anglerfish from the first campaign for the first uh, thing yeah. coming in, but it, I wanted it to be a different sea monster. And that's why I knew there was something on board a cragish ship that would have attracted sea monsters. And that's why I asked Amanda what it was.
0: Right. Damn, dude. Yeah. Interesting. Because I know, because I put rock
1: grubs in caps, which means that I filled it in during play.
2: Yeah.
0: Damn.
3: Damn. 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 (sighs) I'm still really mad at myself. I think someone else asked, like, hey, when did you guys figure out that, like, the rock grubs were, like,
2: Mm -hmm. connected?
3: And I said... In my head, I was like, literally never. I asked Eric at the Mm -hmm. end of that when the anemone finally breaks through, what the fuck did I miss? Because I knew that I was missing something. Like, I was like doing that little meme of like all the numbers running through my head. And I was like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck did I miss? And then you were like, the rock grubs. I'm like, fuck.
0: The
2: rock (laughs) grubs. I mean, you heard me in episode where Julia was like, hey, idiot, go look at the rock grub barrels. And I'm like, Oh yeah, let's go do that. <laughs> well,
3: but I was I was completely off the the mark though cuz I thought like now that he released the rock rubs they were like infected with zombie disease and they were going to like spread zombie plague via the food. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was completely yes.
1: off. A lot of people has yeah. suggested that this, the plan was like from the Dungeons and Dragons movie, where like you got yeah, where you spread disease that way. And I'm, I write better stories than the Dungeons and Dragons. Movie. <laughs> Sorry you. that
0: my brain couldn't come up with a better story, Eric. <laughs> I, I think I think Eric would also not give us like an infectious disease plot right now. I'm just yeah.
2: saying it's a little soon. I just yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think he'd do that. Yeah. The practical effects in Eric's campaign are also uh-huh. way better than the ones. True, absolutely true. They are.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we also have a number of questions about the duel and i i love how the thing i was most concerned about at least for you know me as a player and Tori as a character of the duel was happening alongside this like broader existential threat this like npc death this you know like huge risk to public safety and yet we still care about the duel because the the key is something we need. So I think that was just like really beautifully arranged on Eric's part. And I really felt that tension as a player where I was like, fuck, like I, I want to go help Umbi. I, I know Amanda, but you know Troy doesn't know that Cami is in distress right now, and yet you know there is this like there's the small stage and then there's the large stage, and both of them are really high high intensity. It was great.
3: <laughs> if only like there was a spell that could like if allow only. your other players yeah. to let you know weird. hey I'm in trouble or something huh. like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Huh? I don't think that weird. weird weird. I haven't seen.
3: And that. if only it wasn't like you know a third level spell, the highest <laughs> spell that a certain mm-hmm. spellcaster could use at that point.
2: I think yeah. I think I've gotten pissing off Julia down to it like you have you truly science have. at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I'm pretty proud of that.
1: You are you're, like yeah, you're a on a tear match. with these three and the next episode. You're on an absolute <laughs> yeah. tear. Oh boy.
0: Ooh, yeah, boy. you guys don't even know. It's great. Uh well speaking of the duel, Malignant wants to know, did Radbert lose to Archimedes on purpose to get back to the ship faster and not have to be in another round of competition. Yeah, can
1: I tell you guys the plan, Radbert's whole plan?
0: Yeah, please. Please. Reveal it to us
3: now. So
1: here's the thing. That's why Radbert was bad at this. He is bad at it. He's not good at shooting, but somehow he wrangled an invitation and he was just there. It was about being on the island, setting up the rock grub trap, and then seeming as unassuming as possible and as kind of like folksy and chill and fun as it was. So yeah, so in the final round... He wanted to lose immediately so he could go down to and set up the final part of his plan and then uh, get out of there, which he ended up doing uh, successfully while also dealing with me um- was surprised by Umby on the ship, obviously. So 100 percent. Yes, that that was his whole plan.
0: Good shit, man.
2: Who did he lose to in the battle? Do you remember or in the duel? Do you remember uh, Archimedes. Archimedes, tight. Of course, cool. he did because Archimedes is so good and perfect. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you're sweet, boy. You're sweet, acolyte.
2: I love Archimedes so much. I, there a lot of these
1: MBCs I really, I really enjoyed. Like, continuous was just there, yes. to make Julia unhappy,
2: but everyone else <laughs> but <it> I <laughs> really enjoyed. Oh, we call that the Brandon maneuver. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, here's a question from Tasha Leah. How's Troy feeling about Three Lips right now? Does he see the revelation as a betrayal or as a badly executed attempt to get out of hurting his friend? And some others, uh, malignant Nikki, others were just saying like, how, you know, what's the relationship like? You know, how is Troy feeling about Three Lips? And I mean, I, I think Troy's, you know, major feeling is feeling badly for Three Lips. I, I think he feels badly. Three Lips doesn't trust him. He's, he's being faced with the consequences of his own actions. And as a, you know, favored son and himbo, I don't think that's an experience <laughs> Troy has had before. <laughs> and so Troy trusts Three Lips. Troy trusts that Three Lips is doing something that is best for him and for them. And so he's not mad about the outing. He gets it. Uh, and he thinks that, you know, if Three Lips did it, it's for a reason. And if he even if it harms Troy, it's probably necessary to save Three Lips, uh, and maybe that's naive. Maybe Troy's attitude's going to change over time, but that's where he's at right now.
1: If I was a fanfic writer, mm-hmm. I would think about because I don't I don't want to say this is canon, but this is also me writing my own fanfic. Right? Mm-hmm. Is yeah, like of course Three Lips was also could have been concerned that people knew Troy was there. specifically the craggish delegation. I think this was going to come out regardless. And Three Lips took advantage of the situation to help himself and kind of just further along something so that he wouldn't die.
0: Yeah. Troy knew that unfurling his wings would make him instantly identifiable to at least the craggish delegation.
1: Yeah. Three Lips would not have done that if Troy did not do that. At that point, it was just like Three Lips was in a bad situation and turns out his best friend is alive. Like, And then yeah. Troy, it turns out, um, some might say is irresponsible and Three Lips needed to do it. I anything. don't think so. No, you, not, not his pirate crew. I say No,
3: that. never. He's the most responsible among all of us. Yeah. Not my brothers. Yeah.
2: If I were a fanfic writer, I would make Troy and Three Lips kiss. <laughs> Same. Fair.
0: Sam, that's your prerogative. Yeah. Listen, there is a join the party fandom on Ao3. You can go ahead and, and make. <laughs> it's, that
1: mostly t- doing, uh... it's, it's mostly Milo doing. It's mostly trans Milo. Yeah, it's mostly trans Milo. That's yeah. tight. No. All right, cool.
0: Tight, love it. And I mean that brings us kind of right back to where we started—the sort of record scratch. You might be wondering how we got here uh, with episode twenty-one. And can uh, we can
1: we say we recorded nineteen and twenty at the same time? That got cut in half. Yes. So that's why it was like one big initiative thing. That's why I kind of I was really excited about the momentum that got maintained through the edit. So I I was really stoked about that.
2: Yeah, it was a chunky boy for a long time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was really fun. Brandon, how did you approach um, kind of dividing that edit up? Eric, how did you approach sort of structuring the initiative when we, if I remember correctly, we sort of decided partway through to kind of go the full length? Um, how does recording two episodes at once and editing two episodes or one recording into two episodes
2: sort of change the process for either of you if it does? I mean, from my side, I'll I'll go first, Eric, because I think it's easier. It's pretty simple. I just like look at the time in the raw audio, cut in half, and then roughly find a good cliffhanger. And then edit to that point, see if it's long enough, and then go from there. It's it's pretty much the same thing as editing a single episode. It's just finding the good dramatic moments, you know. Mm-hmm. And we
1: have experience mm-hmm. doing it from the campaign. So, yeah. That's, it felt kind of like the same. It's like, all right, I got to pull, we're doing two sessions, uh, lever, and like we're just going to keep going. What we're going to do, we're going to stop in the middle of it. Like, it just had a lot of mm-hmm. momentum, and which uh, mm-hmm. is not something I can say about most fights using Dungeons and Dragons. So, I feel <laughs> I'm pretty happy with that. That is true. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. We talk we keep talking about this, but like I only use initiative when you're supposed to use it. Like I thought that the only way to keep everyone in time like that was to do initiative and also the duel is very important initiative is very important because duelists swap places in initiative the entire time so that's Mm -hmm. why i had to keep everything going and of course then i had to add radbert into initiative and then i had to add three lips into initiative and then i had to add and before that i added the Cragish delegation into it so i really wanted to make sure like there was an order while still keeping movement
2: yeah not to take us back to the previous episode, but I'm curious, Eric, how exactly, because we didn't actually talk about it, did you do the um, riddle question that I had to solve? Oh to my get God. Into the code? Yeah. Good question. Thank you. Because I feel like in the tape, you had to like re- revisit and be like, oh, okay, the way he did that is correct, but it's not the way I did it. That's what my intuit was. Yeah.
1: You know I love doing real time puzzles for this stuff and I want I knew Brandon was going to do it and I thought it was fun. So, I had a bunch of different ideas here of the how to fix the locks, right? And all of them were number puzzles. For example, the here's the easy one, which we didn't end up doing, uh it was the weight of the heaviest pokemon in pounds rounded to the nearest whole number and then arranged those numbers from smallest to largest. <laughs> nice. Oof. Honestly, the one that I was very excited about, I fucking biffed it because I sent Brandon the one the with the... I copied and pasted my notes, which had the answer in it, and I sent yeah. it to him, and it had the answer in it.
3: So if you have the bloopers, it is in the bloopers for those episodes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> which was my birthday and month followed by the Super Smash Brothers characters in Ultimate before DLC and then arranged the numbers from smallest to largest, and then I gave Brandon the answer. and I'm like, fuck. So this one was Damn. a little harder because Hex Codes are so finicky. I was just trying to think of something and I you know we just we did our best. I also tried to match it. it. That was one of the acceptable answers of what what you would be able to figure out were the colors for Nashville gold and Celtics green. It's different depending on what's on the internet and if you use a hex picker and also what they use like in the marketing department, you know. So but
0: Cuz w- it's like it's a physical color that they render digitally and so it's not like a digital only color. That's like that's right. the the pure thing. Yes. Exactly.
1: Um so yeah, but when you answered it it was correct i had just i had a few answers going that I, w- that I found that that one was, was true.
2: But my brain needs to know the one canonical answer that, <laughs> then how you found that one canonical answer. Yeah, so ever. the
1: canonical answer is Nashville Gold is the color Spanish Yellow, which is FFB 915, and Celtics Green is 007 A33, and then uh, you multiply them together, which was 670695. But you ended up doing, it's just that Spanish Yellow and Celtics Green were the ones that were a little twisty here's the hardest one which i really wanted to do you had to take get the street number of my current apartment plus the address of my high school and those numbers in a row were were it (laughs) (laughs)
3: that's truly insane
2: oh i wonder if i would be able to find your high school i don't don't, because i don't know that off the top of my head yeah exactly why it was the hardest yeah you'd have to
3: google him like eric silver high school (laughs) <laughs> and then the town that you hopefully remember he grew yeah, up in. Yeah, exactly. I do know that. Yeah,
1: yeah, that would have, that, you you, you might have been able to figure it out, but it was, that one. It just would have
0: taken a while.
3: That
1: one would have been the hardest for sure, for sure. Incredible. And I kind of like that, like, I wanted you to bust in when you had answers, so it was kind of fun, like, being able to come back and, like, deal with your thing only when you were ready to kind of, right. like, mix up. A little bit
0: i know i said this in a previous after party but i'm so glad that it wasn't just like troy shoot over and over again because clearly my luck with dice rolling is going down um and also <laughs> you're becoming brandon what's happening incredibly boring um for for me so i i love that there were lots of different like ways and puzzles in the game of celebrity and all of that uh that wasn't just like hey um roll uh roll a
2: you know dc to hit I am like a black hole of bad dice rolls. I just drag everyone down into me. (laughs) What a fun journey.
3: I have to cast spells so Brandon
0: doesn't curse me with his dice
3: rolls.
0: (laughs) All right. Speaking of rolls, Eric, let's get into the skill challenge from episode 21. Um, So Maximilian wants to know, did the average of the rolls or something like that before the skill challenge determine how many successes the crew needed to win
2: it? Oh yeah, I realized that we didn't say it on uh, on tape, so I was curious about that too. Ah, uh, yes, that's true.
1: Um, it could have been any. My two
2: did not help on yeah. that one. <laughs> it could
1: have been anywhere from six to eight successes, and you got the hardest one.
2: Bummer. Oh, Oof. so you had like a range, and you were like, if you roll poorly, it will be the highest one; if you pull well, it would be the lowest one.
1: It was also partially determined on the choice you made on what you were doing. You also did the hardest possible way to deal with this mm. situation, which is try to engage the sea monster. That's why I asked the question in the beginning, like, what do you want to do? Are you getting at the sea monster? Are Mm -hmm. you escaping through the stadium? Are you just escaping through the water? Any engaging in the sea monster would have been harder, which is why I was harder on you in regards to that dice roll. Got Mm -hmm. it. I thought you were going to escape through the stadium. I thought you were going to run through or try to just get on your ship and get out of there. I had a whole bunch of questions lined up for running through the stadium. Mm. But it
2: turned out that I didn't even need it. Didn't you were gonna just going to
1: do the thing that you were going to do.
2: Well, you see, Eric, my colleagues, players, friends often forget that we are pirates and playing a pirate campaign. And they want to, like, help people and shit. So, you know, it was inevitable.
3: God forbid we try to be altruistic here on the podcast. You make it more difficult for us. It's fine. Whatever. See, if
2: it were just my decision, I would have taken this opportunity to rob everyone's pockets and then... And leave. Mm-hmm. You're
3: always down to do whatever you want, my guy. So you know we would have just left you in the crumbling stadium while Troy and I did the the actual plan. Yeah, we, we've already
1: seen what happens when Umby does what he wants to do. He blows up a a floor and it falls all over everyone.
3: Well, with mm-hmm. the way that Brandon was rolling, we might have been better off with Umby just not. Wow.
2: Being <laughs> all right, whatever. Julia missed two. Whatever, Absolutely man. torched.
0: Mister Nat one. guys let's all gather around this rock grub fondue that i have (laughs) created for us come on over i'm gonna open the windows get the stench out i'm gonna just run into the kitchen and grab all the crudités and i'll be right back okay
3: i don't know if i want to come right back to that
2: you have a few minutes
3: let's
0: see
2: i gotta go get my respirator mask i'll be back (laughs)
0: Hey, it's Amanda. I hope you weren't too grossed out by that fondue idea. It's it's just a joke. Don't worry. Welcome to the mid-roll and welcome to our new patron, Bloke. You have a great name and I am so glad that you've decided to put some of your hard-earned human money to supporting Join the Party. It's the only way we get to make this podcast and put as much time and attention into it as we do. And I hope you're enjoying the patron-only Discord, bi-weekly party planning, and all the other ways that we kind of peel back the curtain and give you some bonus access into how we make Join the Party. And if you want to do that, if you want to be the next bloke, if you want to have your name read on the mid-roll, join us today at patreon.com slash pod. This week at Multitude, if you ever wondered what life would be like on a planet different from our own or how writers create your favorite fictional worlds, I have good news. You gotta wonder no more because we have the facts for you. Every other week, astrophysicist slash folklorist Dr. Moya McTeer explores fictional worlds by building them with a panel of expert guests, interviewing professional world builders, and reviewing the merits of worlds that have already been built. I love Exolore. I love listening to it. And I know you will too. There's also an episode, by the way, all about Vertistello with our own DM Eric. So subscribe today by searching for Exolore, just like the word explore, but instead of a P, there's another O in your podcast app, or go to exolorepod.com. We are sponsored this week by Elderwood Academy, which is a group of artists that are hand-making immersive and custom D&D accessories just for you. We have a number of items for them, including their hex chest dice boxes and their spellbook gaming box family. Both of them are so beautiful with like metallic leaf, beautiful, it's like reflective, it's so pretty. I have a dice mat that has like two little Pisces fish on it, which I thought was extremely fitting for Vertistello. And you know they've been at this a long time because they have been innovating and making creative artistic accessories for gamers of all kinds since 2014. Their mission is to support you in your gaming, to make sure you're happy in your gaming life, and they support their items for life. Now go on over to the Elderwood Academy website, elderwoodacademy.com, and you can use code JOINTHEPARTY for 10% off your purchase. They're beautiful. Trust me, you're going to want to check it out. Elderwoodacademy.com and code JOINTHEPARTY will get you 10% off. We are also sponsored this week by 20 Sided Store and anytime I go to the movies, My movie theater is right down the block from 20-Sided Store, so I gotta make sure I go in there and check it out. They have so many wonderful items in store. I've gotten gifts for kids, for friends, for adults, puzzles for my grandma, accessories for me and my own gaming life, and honestly, I just go in there to browse and take in the vibes because nothing feels like home, like the inside of 20-Sided Store. So seriously, if you're in New York City or visiting Brooklyn, go ahead and see their spot in Williamsburg, it's 280 Grand Street, or no matter where you are, you can go to 20sidedstore.com where code pirate will get 20% off your order online. If you go into the store, you can just mention join the party like it's the, you know, sort of password to a treehouse. But if you're online, use the code pirate for 20% off your order at 20sidedstore.com. Finally, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We have tough choices in front of us all the time in life. And there are lots of places where we know we have to do something, but the exact path forward isn't always clear. I definitely rely on my therapist to help me deal with situations like these. And whether you are dealing with stuff about work or relationships, friendships, anything else, therapy can help you stay connected to who you really are, what you really want while you navigate life. And that helps you move forward with more confidence and excitement and not just like the white knuckling of like, I guess this will be okay, um, that I often feel when I'm sort of in my uh, more vulnerable moments. And I really appreciate that BetterHelp is convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. If you are trying to get started in therapy, if you can't safely access therapy where you are right now, if it's out of reach logistically, financially, physically, for whatever reason, BetterHelp can be a really, really good resource. Get started with BetterHelp by filling out a brief questionnaire, which matches you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which is huge because the, the vibes and the relationship between you and your therapist are really important. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com join the party today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash join the party. And now let's get back to the show. All right, guys, we're back. Um, it turns out that it did kind of ferment, gain sentience, and walk away um, <laughs> while I was reheating it, so I have some chocolate instead. Is that is that good? <laughs> much
2: better, Yeah, that's honestly. much better. Much I don't know if we both. can
0: dip the crudités into the chocolate
3: fondue, but like we could try.
2: I well, mean, it's better than a fucking bug, Julia.
0: <laughs> fair, fair.
2: It's chocolate, they're chocolate-covered crickets, obviously. Those uh,
1: are good. Yeah. I'm sure those are good.
0: Never had them. Here are some more questions from the audience. Um, A through Z wants to know, Eric, was there any way that we could have fixed the shield? I also want to know
1: this. That's a good question. Uh, At that point, the answer is no.
0: Okay, that makes me feel
3: better. Moralis
1: would have had to have more power, which would have been a whole other thread to pull on at that point in the arc. He was very far gone. Mm-hmm. He also, was that's the whole thing. He was shielding the fact that he's not as powerful as his stature would believe. And I think that, that right. was kind of mm. part of it, which is why he was giving you gym class platitudes. Um, but, you know, the answer was no. The thing that he was trying to get across was like, what's going to happen? It's going to happen. We just, we got to, we just got to deal Good with luck, it. Good luck, bitches. Yeah, we, you just yeah. got to deal yeah. with it. I used my boon on bringing back your friend. That's the best I can do. No fair. <sighs> but, so the answer at that point in the campaign, no.
3: I'm realizing now that maybe I could have just, like, had him lead the monster away, and that could have been the boon. Like, if that was, like, a thing that he could have done, but I also, Kami still would have brought back Alicia, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, we didn't end up engaging with it at all, but it was a 100% a gambit to see if you would do that or do something to further the story, to make the story easier for you.
0: Cammy feels too much, you know?
3: True. It's true. Absolutely <laughs> it's
1: so True. Much.
0: But guys, here's a, a nice comment from Rara, um, fittingly named to raise our spirits. I know you guys were bummed to fail the skill check, but honestly, I think it made the story so much more legendary. Chef kiss emoji. Having played a few games on from it, how do you feel about it now? And uh, similarly, Joe Minoki, how long did Julia leave after Brandon revealed that one, yeah. <laughs> I did stand up
3: and have to walk away, and the scream you heard was like outside of my office. <laughs> it was a
0: great moment. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I, I feel like we, we made a good story, and it feels like there are real stakes it's the thing i hate the most which is dramatic stakes uh and characters that want things and might not get them uh but (laughs) it it feels i feel proud of the journey and there are real consequences after this like we you know our characters don't forget this experience and it's been really interesting and fun to play we played probably four episodes since this uh one in the time since we you know recorded it and then released it and it's really interesting it's it's real character growth for me yeah
2: I mean, the next episode that comes out after this is directly as a result of us not doing well, and it's super fun It what is what we do. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good it's a good thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Eric, how about you? I, I know you uh, you were joking that it was uh, it was fun to see us the consequences of our actions. Oh, no, it was
1: tight as hell. I loved it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, what, the thing you do as a DM is you kind of just like set the top up and you see what happens. You rip the Beyblade and then it flies in different directions. <laughs>
2: You know it's like
1: I like that you engage with the mechanic I think that all of our game mechanics in this arc have been the literalization to see what happens next play to figure out what happens which I think is the thing that we that I focus on the most when running this thing so it's like. You were you were all so close to doing it. This was also incredibly hard. Um, and you had great ideas. The way that I, I've re-looked at skill challenges, I went all the way back to Matt Colville's skill challenge stuff, and being able to run it a little bit differently than I have from back in campaign one was really fun. The, really keeping it open-ended for you to do whatever you want as long as it was targeted towards the goal, uh, I think was really was really neat. So, you know you win you you win, you lose. I think that that's part of also how this particular arc went, and also what we've been doing since campaign two is like things happen when you guys aren't watching and mm-hmm. unless you you all take a bead on it like you all pulled on threads like 70% of the way you pulled on three different threads 70% of the way and because one wasn't pulled you didn't stop it and i think that's just that's how it do sometimes and then you tried to make a big Hail Mary pass and it didn't happen and you know uh, it was dramatic i'm happy about that that's
0: what it is sometimes that
3: how it do
1: sometimes that's how it do
0: one thing we did manage to avoid was uh, PC death, um, so that's that and just selfishly that's that's good for me.
1: hmm So cl- we were so close though. Yeah to so two yeah. to two we were so close to. Wait two. who's the second one?
3: You also went down during that skill challenge. Oh, but I wasn't
2: even close to dying.
3: Well, if if uh, Havana Tropicana hadn't healed you, yeah, you might have died.
2: Oh, I see. That was awesome. I also loved that. That was
1: my favorite part. Was when Havana was in Brandon like waved off Havana. That was awesome. I loved that. Yeah. <laughs> but Amanda was close to insta death. That's what. We're, mm, yeah. I,
0: I was close to full character death. Yeah. Uh, and Nikki wants to know: Would Troy have actually died if Eric will tire? Hundred
2: percent.
1: Hundred percent. I uh
2: I don't know, Eric. You sat on the tape. You weren't sure, so. I don't know what do you think? Well, let's let's talk about it cuz
0: uh, so here Matt Lena wants to know how would you've handled it if Troy had indeed died? Are you guys open to character death at all? Um and Nikki also asked like, you know, what how do we feel about main character death? Is that even on the table in our campaigns?
3: I think it would have been interesting if we had to then pursue a arc where umby and cammy had to hype up laurelis enough to give him the power to bring troy
1: back to life <laughs> yeah that might have been cool
0: in my mind troy absolutely would have died if mm-hmm. like we as we talked about it i was like oh like i don't even know the rules for this like, like we were all kind of being like oh shit
1: like what is this because we haven't gotten this close to it before but like if it if he rolled that high that's the answer to me, at the time, I surprised myself with how high mm-hmm. I rolled. I think that's what I was saying on the microphone.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And
1: I'm like, oh shit, if I, <laughs> this had gone a little bit differently, because I don't, I, I can't keep track of all of your HP. It's just the, it's yeah, just like, no. oh, it turns out that this rule would have triggered and we have to follow the rule. If the number had hit there, I would have had to think really hard about if we had honored it, I probably would have said yeah. yes.
0: I mean, I think if I had like thrown a huge fit, all of you would be like, all right, like, let's, let's talk about like, <laughs> Whether or Amanda would starting to
3: I I can't imagine you throwing a fit about that though. <laughs> but
0: like I I mean I feel like I feel like my character's journey in campaign two really prepared. Like I am I am fully on board, dude. Like if that's what happens, that's what happens. And I think you are all good collaborators. I think Eric, you're a good GM, and you would not have been like fuck you, your character dies. But I would have been like, all right, my, my my character dies. Like let's let's play this out. I think of the three of us, Amanda would be the most prepared to
3: deal with a character death. 100%. Like, that's not even a question. Because, like, you basically have gone through that already. Like, yeah. even though it wasn't quite character death, it was definitely character reset.
0: And you know what? It was exciting. And I liked it. And mm-hmm. I, you know, very slowly, Eric is acclimating me to being okay
2: with characters going through tough times. It would have been interesting to, like, I mean, we have a built-in quasi-mechanic for undead already in this campaign. So, like, That's true. bringing Troy to Audrey, making a deal. Yes. Ooh, having zombie Troy. You know? That would have been cool. That's what
1: I'm thinking, is, like, maybe Amanda would not have had to roll up a new PC, but we would have dealt with Troy being dead, I think is the yeah. best thing to say. Yeah. Here.
0: we would honor the fact that that, like, something really... Necessary would have to happen, like a big intervention, to bring some version of Troy back.
3: Maybe Amanda would have rolled a temporary PC while we pursued the bring Troy back to like yeah something uh, like that arc.
2: Yeah. Make Amanda play Arello for a little bit. Oh my god! Could, yeah, I or, couldn't do oh my it god,
3: justice. Imagine, imagine. Amanda coming back as Lucky Edie, and I was having to <laughs> deal with that. You and I'd be all. being like, "I'm ambivalent ag- about you," <laughs> and Cammy being like, "I hate this person." <laughs>
1: A Lucky Edie as an inv- as like an investigator with like all of the all of these trinkets to do stuff yes. would have been wild.
0: Just trades her knives for, like, magnifying glasses. Or, like, she, yeah, and... she, like,
1: she just pulls that stuff out. Yeah, she ad- t- attaches different things to her knife hand. Yeah, yeah. Guys, we could
2: throw away the next couple episodes we recorded and just yeah. go back and kill Troy mm-hmm. if you want. We-, we,
3: could, we could just revamp the episode and everyone re-listens. They're like, when did Troy die? <laughs> yeah,
2: just replace that audio <laughs> file. It's
1: fine. Nobody will know. I think the thing I more wanted to get across, which was that Kid Cervantes is a motherfucker.
0: Oh, Yeah. yeah. Yes, Eric, fabulous transition because the question surgeon, Michelle Spurgeon, would like to know, what kind of build was Kid Cervantes? He packed some nursy punches. Not a build.
1: Kid Cervantes just can fuck you up. It's like, again, like when you make NPCs, and I think people should do this when you're making up enemies for fights, give them HP. Definitely give them HP. Like we're playing a game here. You got to give them HP. You can make it squishy. You can give them, change the HP if you want to extend a battle or end a battle. Fine. Give them HP. But like, you don't need to do anything other than just give them a series of attacks and vibes. So it's like, I had one where the first attack was going to be a big shot and I could only do that once. And then I crit. And so bing, bang, boom, here we are. Um, and I, I, even then I just kind of pulled, I have, (laughs) I have like a a DM screen like from Dungeons and Dragons.
3: At one point we did, like, call you out for pulling it out and you were like, yes, what's the cost of a wheel of cheese? Yes, yes,
1: that's right. (laughs) Um, I use this a lot. There's a damage by level and severity table that I use if I'm just, like, throwing stuff out. And for level 5 to 10, a setback is 2d10, dangerous is 4d10, and deadly is 10d10. So I use that just kind of of a way because I kind of like rolling D10s. I'm really stuck in rolling D6s, so I try to refer to this to keep my head out of that.
0: Damn. And Julia, I was telling you the other day that I felt bad for D10s because no one rolls them. Eric's rolling them. (laughs) Eric's the one rolling those D10s.
3: So that's
1: what I was saying about the numbers. They're very rangy when you use D10s, which I think is very
0: fun. Yeah. Damn. Queen Vanessa wants to know: Was Kid always going to skedaddle with the key after the match with Troy? And Brandon, I'm curious what you think too, because you were really pushing, like, kill him and grab the
2: key, Troy.
3: I don't think we could have killed Kid Cervantes if we tried,
2: or you know, try to steal from him. Yes. I mean, it wasn't. I wasn't pushing to like steal from him. I was just trying to get. I was. I was hyping up Troy to beat to win in the duel. That's what I meant. Thanks, bud. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think your exact words were "kill him, take the key, kill him, take the key." Yeah,
2: but you know
1: what? With you know what you rules. cheer during a football game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, Eric, was he always going to skedaddle with the key? My instinct is yes. After that bonfire, where you know he kind of opened up to us and we talked about what might happen if one of us does or does not win and does or does not take the key.
1: This is another question where it's hard for me to say. Much like, would the arcane barrier have fallen anyway? At this point in this situation, yeah, the stadium was falling apart. <laughs> like there is a cataclysm. He he was going to win, take out this person who underestimated him, you it, execute on the deal he had, and then disappear because he's a fast dude and get on his fan boat. Like yeah, yes, the in in situ, yes, things would have had to been different in terms of the circumstances for that to be a, have
2: been different. I mean, Troy still could have won. Like it wasn't like an auto lose situation. It was just very unlikely. Yeah.
3: Yes. I think in the unlikely situation where Troy won, I think Kid Cervantes would have honored the deal that we made with Oh, him. if, if Troy won,
1: yeah. Troy would have taken the key 100%. Yeah. Honorable yeah. dude. I just think Shit. that the whole time the three of you underestimated in numbers how
2: powerful Kid Cervantes was. I didn't, Eric. I, I definitely knew, I didn't. knew that cactus was here to fuck me up. You
1: you <laughs> tried to fuck with him four episodes earlier.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I didn't engage him in a gunfight. Yeah,
1: shot you <laughs> <laughs> Well he shot
0: the wall. <laughs> I have to say, I also almost didn't roll those temporary HP, because I was trying to like figure out if I needed to like preserve my risk die more, and I was like, oh, fine, Like, Julia's going to be uncomfortable if I go into this with six
1: HP or whatever. That's
3: absolutely <laughs> true. I'm that's glad I did. That's absolutely true. Yeah, but
1: Kit Cervantes is a, is a cowboy gentleman. He wanted you at a full HP. Yeah.
3: Kid Cervantes would have legit killed you if you had gone into that fight with six oh, HP. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dear that, God. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Oh,
0: damn. Uh, on a slightly lighter note, Treby wants to know, what kind of tea was Cammie handing out to the survivors? And also, how did they get to the announcer's booth so fast after giving out the tea? <laughs> to which Blue Spectre replied, and I loved this, uh, she used the tea lift. It's like a ski lift, but for tea witches.
3: <laughs> I think I said on mic that it was Earl Grey because mm-hmm. I some it was some sort of joke. I don't remember the context of the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... The the, uh, the other part is fully a joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the was part was fully like, and
0: Cabbie appears in the booth.
3: It's
1: Roger Rabbit rules. You can do whatever you exactly. want if it's funny. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, that was the same thing as like, where was where was Smelly Hayes after this? Who cares? It's fu- It would have been funny if she was she either started working out down there or she went home. Yeah. <laughs> She probably went home.
3: That's my. Pocket. It's
1: funnier. is like Cammy's. Like I gotta go, and then hops on a magic, a magical surfboard, and Smelly Haze yeah. is like, I'm gonna walk.
0: <laughs>
1: and
3: then she did,
0: and so she was nowhere near the stadium when yep. it collapsed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who knows if we'll see her again? But guys, let's get into some questions about the game, our characters, and Stello as a whole. Sound good? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Grace R. wants to know, can we get a quick reminder of all the different NPCs in the campaign so far? There's so many good ones. I can't keep track. You want all of the NPCs so far in the mm-hmm. game? That's I like... want I want each of us to name the three NPCs we want to hang out with the most. I'll go first. Heini, <laughs> all right? The excellent, uh, devoted uh, love and uh, receptionist from the Book Depository. Two. Um, we don't get to do this round-robin style. You get oh, to pick sure. your three okay. It's it a draft. We're doing a draft. to think. We're drafting. All right, all right. Let's right. Let's let's draft. My first pick is Piney. Thank you. I gave myself first pick. Uh, mine is Frambois. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, mine is
1: Kit Cervantes. Are you kidding me? It's really good. Eric? Oh, I'm drafting two? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I'm trying to think of someone. I'm going to draft Hondo, who is the cult, of the cult yes. leader. Actually, no. I'm not drafting Hondo. I'm drafting uh, Dr. Radish Radish. <laughs> Should <laughs> <Good>. solid. <laughs> and then I'm gonna get the snake, so we're gonna go back. So now I get to go again, and I'm taking uh lucky Edie. Okay. she's so
2: good. Uh then I'm gonna take Aubergine. Aubergine's great. I love Aubergine.
3: Oh, of course you are. Uh-huh. Audrey the rotten queen. Uh, I love Audrey. It's really
0: good. I want the child with the knife. Oh, Orlando. <laughs> Orlando. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's me. <laughs> And then um, I'm gonna pick again my third and final pick here in the snake draft. Um, I think I think it's gonna be three lips. Uh, fascinating, interesting journey. I hope it's not the last we see of him. Mm.
3: Mine is Havana Tropicana.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's a fifty. Okay, here I'm gonna say one, and then you guys can say if it counts and if it doesn't, I have a backup.
0: Sure. If they have a name, it counts.
2: Nani. <laughs> Nani's <laughs> yeah, fine. Sure.
1: Nani's good. Nani's good. Nani's fine.
2: Okay, cool. Then my backup was gonna be the banana commander. <laughs> oh, I was okay. also gonna say the Lord Cavendish. To Lord Cavendish. Yeah. Uh what a good name.
3: Wait, no one picked Arello yet.
2: Uh <laughs> Yeah, exactly, Julia. <laughs>
1: I'm going to take everyone who is devoted to the path of cultivation. <laughs> Go
0: oh my fuck god, yourself. they're so funny. I love the cre- Harold and Sill, like there are so many.
1: I, the, cre- mm. the Cresco from Cami's flashback. The sod, yeah, the sod, the sod mm. was good, uh, or the um, the cranberry bog, the cranberry man. bog mm-hmm. man is good. I I do that bartender was good. I do like continuous th- faithful. It's just that um, Julia was so good at being Cammy that like that plot kind of resolved itself pretty quickly. It's like this guy's a doofus. <laughs> Follow your own he way. Sucks.
0: <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> all right, this one is uh, addressed to me, but it does affect all of us um, from A through Z. What does Troy plan to do differently now that his secret is out? Brandon, I know you had some thoughts on this.
2: Oh, I mean, my thought as a player was like, let's just use it to our advantage. And I think that's probably Umby's thoughts too. Um, Not in a way that makes Troy feel bad or feel like a tool, you know, Um, but just in a way that like, oh, my best friend has the ability to pick locks. Let's make sure we pick some locks, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's my thought.
3: Manipulative, is that (laughs) a good word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think for Cami, Cammy goes, No kings, no masters. So as long as Troy is not like, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to be like royalty and lord that over you guys. Cammy's like, yeah, it's cool. He's still
0: Troy. (laughs) Well, Eric, I'm sure uh, characters we encounter will treat Troy a little differently if they happen to know who he is. Who can say? Who knows? (laughs) JP wants to know how did Troy's brother get the epithet the Haggard I think he's just really tired I think I he's got big too. bags under his eyes I think he's one of those children that you're like that child looks like an old man uh, and,
1: and it just <laughs> and lives
0: some lives man
3: <laughs>
1: it simply describes what Hyperion looks like
3: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I, in a very sort of medieval sort of way I think they just all need an adjective to keep all of the mm-hmm. same names mm-hmm. like straight so you know in the various histories of the crags, I think we're getting low on adjectives. So it's like, <laughs> that that child's sleepy. Then you were going to assign it to him.
3: I want to propose one that's like somewhere in the future of the crags, sure. which is Ignatius the Indescribable. That's Oh, 100%. <laughs>
1: it's yeah. It's good.
0: Eric, write it down. It's good. Podcast Got it. it down. All right. Credit me later. Okay, that's, fine, that's fine. Casey wants to know, Julia, how does it feel for Cammy to still not know Troy's secret canonically?
3: I mean, it doesn't bother me because I think that there's going to be some sort of like hand waviness in the future of like, umby told uh, Cammy or Troy told Cammy or like Nani was there and we didn't know and saw the whole thing.
2: <laughs> Nani's
0: everywhere.
3: So I think, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't bother me.
0: Troy definitely would have preferred to like tell all of you in truth, but I, I think you're sweet and not going to sort of hold it against him that it, yeah. it kind of came out in a way that he did not expect. Of course. Jess wants to know, does Havana level up with the crew in between arcs, or do they need to unlock more of the skill tree to level him up? This crew is going to need some more powerful healing if this is what they're facing this early in the campaign.
1: Good question. No, you gotta do the skill tree. That's the whole thing. Is... Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll keep that in mind for next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we only unlocked, well, we haven't put this on the skill tree yet because... You can only reveal it once you go on down a a road since it kind of like, you know, Havana can't (laughs) multi-class. Havana cannot be a religious doctor and a crunchy doctor right now. Oh, dang. So we're just kind of like unlocking more of that particular branch of the skill tree.
3: I don't know if I want him to get more religious, but I would (laughs) like him to have better skill sets.
2: What if he gets so religious that he becomes an actual deity and then he could just like, you know change things at will
3: brandon what you've just, just described is my DD dream <laughs> my dream is one day one of my characters becomes a god
0: <laughs>
3: much like myself
0: <laughs> eric's quirking an eyebrow hmm. Hmm.
2: Hmm.
1: Hmm. laura Adon wants hold to on know, we've all played if... rpgs you act like that's not the end of this of the skill of this branch right i don't that's know too. i don't
2: know that I mean, was a big old idiot eric <laughs>
0: I don't know, man. From our very earliest moments uh, playing uh, RPGs together, Julia loves a big sacrifice in order to gain some celestial power. Oh, do I? Oh, do I? <laughs> <laughs> Laura Adon wants to know, if a pirate newspaper- Wait, wa- I'm
1: sorry. I just think it's so funny me putting on the skill tree. is like, all right, you need to do two amber, and you have to kill Havana so he can come back as a god.
3: And Cammy would be like, <laughs> okay, where's the knife? <laughs> <laughs> as, as long as he's cool with it.
2: And he's like, no, no, please no, God, no. I don't want
3: this. Don't kill me. Oh, well, then then Cammy would not do that
0: because Cammy would be like, oh no, too
3: real of my childhood. Uh, yeah. I don't
0: know. Unless his like religiosity is increasing. He wants to get closer to the planter. Like, There's ways that could happen. But he has to agree to it, Amanda. Yeah, I'm not no, going to murder him because
3: I want him to be a god. He has and to consent. Obi
2: takes the knife and slits his throat.
0: Damn. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think there is... I could definitely see a universe where he consents. Okay.
1: If you went down a different part of the skill tree, he would just be like head of surgery. Okay. <laughs> I just want to point out. this out. This is so funny that this all happened because Julia hates herself while when she plays tabletop RPGs.
2: It's fun. <laughs> is it possible yeah. that we dig a hole to find treasure? Stop. And treasure we are is... not talking about <laughs> this right now. Havana as a god? <laughs> All
0: right guys, let's pause this discussion for a very important question from Laura Adon. If a pirate newspaper were to cover the games, what would their outlandish headlines be? Headless body in topless column. <laughs> what?
1: The New York Post reference. Small key island, big key disaster. There Pretty you good. go. Pretty good. That's cooking
0: with gas, Eric. There you go.
1: It's it's still called the New York Post. <laughs>
0: maybe like um it's raining needles colon you know kid cervantes uh closes the day
3: oh my god that image
2: at small key island oh sweet boy
0: yeah high key peeved
2: Nice. After Small Key Nice. Island. Nice,
1: nice.
0: Wow, that's good. There we go. I just reminded myself that, Eric, that sort of like closing move of Kid Cervantes making himself into a like projectile for needles, uh, perhaps the most like chilled and odd I have been in <laughs> any of the games that you've run. That was incredibly done. Did you think of that as like his, you know, Super Saiyan mode, his like closing move before the duel or did that come up? for you at the moment
1: no it just came up for me in the moment i mean i didn't think he was gonna crit and also i knew that the this thing was over so i just wanted to i just wanted to end it incredible Also in my head i i just have such a clear idea of what he looks like that it's just been really mm-hmm. fun to like mess with that and demonstrate his destructive power. that's the only time i've been able to actually just demonstrate his destructive power so i really felt like i had to flex yeah does he canonically have feet
2: in your head then? Or is it big
1: pot? Oh, he has I think he has feet. Because he has he's way yeah. he wear pants.
3: He don't wear pants.
1: He wear he's wear he wears pants and scarf. Mm-hmm. Does he wear pants and boots? No, no boots. Pants are too wide no like boots. they just cover. Yeah, they cover exactly. Pores, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Big big gaucho pants. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Dominique Wiki wants to know if Umby and Cammy were to compete as shooters instead of Troy, what would their weapons have been?
2: Oh. Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, probably just like a big old blunderbuss or something for me, like a like a bomb bomb bomber bus or something, you know.
3: I honestly think camis probably would have been very similar to continuous thankfuls in the sense that it wouldn't have been like a traditional melee weapon or like ranged weapon. It would have been some sort of magic bow or you know, uh,
0: magic bombs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> magic bombs eric (laughs) was there a weapon that you came up with that didn't fit with any npc or was there a backup weapon if we had destroyed anyone's weapon i did think about stealing three lips's gun but then i was like ugh, they're gonna just have more like not worth it
1: Mm -hmm. um no i kind of just did i gave them weapons based on who they were just putting the npcs in i was really reckoning with what archimedes weapon was if he was going to have like different ones or different forms of this like mm-hmm. really ridiculous laser gun uh for each one of the rounds but he ended up being a little bit of a doofus so i kind of just stuck with it. i kind of <laughs> stuck with what he had well whose fault is that eric? well it's because he had a dnp Mine? he had a dnp in the first round so that yeah. was his pre- that was his problem
3: eric can i ask a question sure it's been bothering me, so I want to know. And this yeah. goes back to me not having my dramatic moment where I revealed uh, Radbert for the the fraud that he was. Sure. If I had, like, in a key moment, like, destroyed Radbert's armor, would we have, like, gotten some sort of reveal that he, like, you know, was uh, sentient zombie spores, basically?
2: Oh, that's a good question.
3: Because I was thinking about it for a
2: time. (laughs) Long time. I'm not sure. We knew he was like a a puff of dandelion and stuffed into a Mm -hmm. armor casing. Right. But I
3: felt like there was more to it than that. And I was like, what if I revealed something beneath all of
1: that? It's possible. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that because I would have had to ask myself the question in the moment. Is there a visualization of his thrall under Audrey the, the Damned, which I think the answer is yes, because I'm not sure, because I guess like he did, we did say that they, he kind of like disappeared for a while and he was just kind of like, a, him and his pirate crew were just kind of like jobbers and then, and then mm-hmm. were off the map for a second. So, mm-hmm. which was different. Oh, that's
3: another fucking clue we missed, Yeah, which No, no, I didn't miss that which, one. That, which was, that I missed.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I, don't, I guess I don't know the answer to that.
3: Alright, cool. I just wanted to know. Fair. I was like, Fair. would my moment have played out like it played out in my head? Well, but, I, you that's, know. I, I think
1: you would have had a problem, right? If you had revealed, you would have had to prove that he was doing something bad. Because I don't know necessarily, right. it's not like his jaw would have fallen on the floor or something. But I think the fact that he was inside of armor, I was trying to make him look suspicious. So yeah, mm-hmm. I would say yes, but you would probably have had, he would have tried to like deflect you would have had to bring something else. Like, you would have okay. had to know that he was doing something nefarious. Like, he only revealed it to because he thought Umbi was, was caught. Yep. Like, he was doing right. a villain monologue, you know what I mean?
3: Ah, uh, of course, of course. All right, interesting.
2: Oh, did you have a like actual canonical thing that that smoke was on the boat or was it just like some kind of like, you know? Yes,
1: I did. I want it was poison. But the point was, Radbert, what is the something you would put if you were a zombie person? You would do you would put poison that you would be able to breathe. And that was the that was the thing.
2: Oh, I see what you're saying. Sure.
1: So that shit was just in there and Radbert would have been fine. So, yeah, maybe he was. A, so I think he was a zombie. Yeah. I I would have figured it out.
3: Okay, cool. cool, cool I know cool, cool. That
1: these things happen, but I don't literalize it unless I'm in the moment. Because if you do that, you end up writing 30 pages and throwing out 27. So, right. that makes so I just I didn't think of it. But yes, the, because of the smoke, Radbert does not breathe. Therefore, that's why that was there.
0: Hmm. Gotcha. Blue Spectre wants to know, are we going to get a spooky season ghost remix of The Shanty for when we run into Audrey at some point?
2: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what if we did? What if we did, Brandon? Is a lot hey, Brandon, work. what
1: if we did a musical episode? Would
0: that be fun? Would that that be sounds good great. Let's do that. Players, Eric, any other questions before we get into spoil the
2: plank? No, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm up on the plank. I'm ready to jump. All right. Who goes first? Who
3: goes first off the plank? Yeah. Me. Oh. <laughs> Size order. I know how to swim with no
0: arms.
2: Is it, um, yeah, order of height? Probably. So, Probably Kelly like, then Troy, than Umby. Oh, I was thinking us. Oh, I was talking about us oh. particularly, not <laughs>
0: characters. No, I was thinking characters. I think Troy and Umby are, are similar heights, but Umby's got that mass,
1: bro. And then Cammy's so small. Yeah. Lethal.
2: He's also right. hunched though, so he's probably shorter. Oh yeah.
1: The you know O-man, how you shrink when
2: you're old? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: it happens.
2: Umby was 6'2. Damn. And he still is, but he's like a 6'2 that's bent over 6'2.
0: Here we are for Spoil the Plank. From Living in Color. I have got to know everything about this underwater prison. Prison mm. glow light for the cacti.
3: Mm, interesting who can say yeah. who can say? Can say? maybe that's
0: that their torment is not having glow light <laughs> glass cat owl wants to know if troy had managed to beat kid and win the key would kid have offered some other incentive to help save his siblings or would that whole quest have gone unexplored oh interesting that is who interesting. can say eric yeah. eric can say i don't think he will
3: oh okay Alright, he's just shrugging at us. Alright. What's
1: true. I need to remind people, that happened because uh Brandon gave a character who had no mouth a mouth. Like <laughs> <Yep>. lots <laughs> of unexpected stuff happened.
2: Fully who can I mean, say. I love that. I I love that you like gave him a mouth as opposed to like, I don't know, maybe like maybe he. Shot needles into the ground in lettering or like yeah. used or like, just like took a Morse piece of paper. Code yes. or like
3: yeah. <laughs> Throw it out as answers. I don't know.
0: I want to know what the hell happened to the mayor of Small Key Island after the stadium collapsed.
1: Mm. Oh, I think he lost his election the next That time, was another sure. thread that didn't get pulled Brandon. on. That was another thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Brandon,
3: I don't think that's true because the mayor in Jaws one is still the mayor in Jaws Two, and <laughs> that's why you vote in your local elections.
0: That's Listen, true. Mike Bloomberg has uh has shown us that it really just you just you you double down when a disaster happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And malignant. Our question broth brewer themselves says, What was Troy's funeral like? Does Lily Rose have some kind of power in the cracks? Didn't we say that it was very nice? Choice feel very tasteful. And nice music.
2: Very, very tasteful. tasteful. Yeah. The only canonical thing so far is yeah, it was very tasteful.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, Lily Rose seems to have more influence with the guards than average. So it, does she have power too? Who can say? Isn't
3: she the? She's the daughter of the kitchen of the cook. Person, yeah. Right. Yeah. Listen, everyone befriends the cook in a medieval castle. That's mm-hmm. how it works. So you get the snacks. So Possible. she has power because she influences who gets snack and who does not.
0: But she was also there in the delegation, which seemed unusual to me. So there, there may be more to pull on here. That's why I, mm. I put it in spoil the plank. Um, and then finally, uh, are Troy's brothers gonna be pissed that he's alive? He seems not to have a great relationship with them.
3: How many brothers does Troy have besides
0: Hyperion? Oh, seven or eight. Seven, seven or eight. eight.
3: Yeah, yeah you gotta have good. a you
1: gotta have a brood if you're if mm-hmm. you're going for the craggish crown. You gotta. Okay.
0: Interesting. You gotta. Interesting. Gotta. Interesting. Can't let them fly, but you do have to have space. In my
1: head, I know that this would this did not happen. But like, the, if this was a Tom Sawyer situation where Troy was watching his own funeral, <laughs> Troy was like, "This is boring. <laughs> more explosions, <laughs> more flips, please." <laughs> where are the fireworks? I need stunts. I explicitly put in my fake will that I need stunts. You're not doing anything mm-hmm. that I said.
2: Well, now that now we know what to do for Eric's funeral, yes, there you go. I'll learn how to backflip for your funeral. Yeah, invite Travis
1: Pastrana to get on his motorbike and do (laughs) backflips.
2: Okay, okay. I have been told that my brother-in-law's family does know Travis Pastrana somehow. Whoa,
1: what? And the whole Nitro Circus gang? And the whole Nitro Circus gang.
0: Wow, dang.
1: That's a reference for people who watched MTV in
0: 2006. I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. No, I was just, uh, I was sitting here thinking about how, you know, if it comes to it, which I hope it doesn't, I will hire Don Cheadle to reprise his role from um, the Ocean series of Don Cheadle playing a British man playing an American motocross mm-hmm. driver to do some stuff. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah.
3: I'm talking heavy bucks. Heavy yeah. bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: Incredible.
0: Well, guys, this has felt really
3: cathartic. When Eric Eric
1: died, we were in rubble. Like Barney Rubble is trouble. I I don't know that
0: because I am American, man. (laughs) One of my Mm -hmm. colleagues told me. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was just thinking about Barney Rubble. That means trouble yesterday. (laughs) All right, folks. This has been cathartic. This has been good. Uh, We have hot shit coming up for you next here on Join the Party. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, folks, let's say goodbye. Goodbye. Later.
1: I really enjoyed watching you all fail.
0: Thank you, buddy. May your roles trend (laughs) every upward.